it's so easy to see what other people do well, but when it comes to us, we completely freeze and we just can't figure out what makes us different or, you know, especially in Australia and New Zealand, we've got tall poppy syndrome. So we're, we're you know, um, it's a cultural value to stay as humble as possible and to be very self-deprecating. So we're not used to thinking about, you know, what am I good at? And I'm on the roll. And welcome to The Wow, the podcast that will help you navigate your way through the world of adulthood and the uncontrollable forces of womanhood. I'm Georgina Beasley, your host, and today we'll be hearing from Rosie McCarthy. Rosie is from Badass Careers and she is a careers coach and is here to help us find what our passion is and turn that into a career. We chat everything from how to find the right job, how to network, how to turn our little passions into a fully fledged career and more. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to subscribe or follow, leave a review or share it with your friends. And if you haven't already, come join us on Instagram at thewowpodcast underscore. Hi Rosie, welcome to the WOW podcast. Thanks for coming and chatting to us today. Hello, thanks for having me. Could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? My name is Rosie, I am a New Zealander and I run a business called Badass Careers. So at Badass Careers it's all about uh, coaching people in their careers and specifically I like to work with high achieving, purpose driven millennials. I help them to figure out who they are, what they want out of their career, and then also help them to brand themselves and actually go out there and get it as well. Awesome. And what did you want to be when you were younger? Did you always see yourself falling into being a businesswoman with a purpose or? No, not at all. When I was younger, I mean, I was obsessed with dinosaurs, so I definitely (laughs) wanted to be a paleontologist. (laughs) That was definitely um, my big dream. I actually, and then when I was a teenager, I actually wanted to be, well, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. It's actually like Mm -hmm. my mum wanted me to be that. So that's what I thought I wanted to be. And so I did, um, yeah, sciences and I was, I was gunning for that. And I, I got into first year medicine and then all of the practicalities started to hit home, like the cost of those studies and, you know, how was, how was I going to pay my rent if you didn't have time to work because you were studying so hard? And I just started to spiral a little bit. Um, and I had a bit of a quarter life crisis and I went to um, a careers advisor myself. Um, so now it's kind of, it feels a bit full circle in that respect because, you know, here, here I am kind of 12 years later doing similar kind of work, which is kind of crazy. And how did you fall in to becoming a career coach and, you know, running your own business? Yeah. So actually for the first time, well, not the first time in my life, I guess, but for this career, most specifically, um, just noting the language you use there, how did you fall into it? This, this career move was really intentional. So this one was very strategic and designed. And I've been preparing this move to become a career coach probably for about a year before I actually I actually went for it. So I had been working in HR, human resources um, and recruitment in the corporate world for about 10 years, six of those being in Paris and France. My husband is French and I was working in L- at L'Oreal actually at the time, um, the headquarters over there. 
And I was, yeah, and I was working in um, learning and development and leadership development, really focused on millennials. So really helping them to figure out what their thing was, what their unique selling points were, and to brand their own leadership style and helping them to really stand out within the company. So I was doing that kind of work. And then my French husband actually got a job back in New Zealand. So I, in a very ironic twist of events, I actually followed him back home. Um, (laughs) And I knew in that moment that I wanted to, I mean, I'd been thinking about it for a while, but I knew that I wanted to work for myself and I wanted to have complete location freedom um, because I wanted to be able to go between New Zealand and France with ease. Something that I was finding really, really difficult at the time was, you know, the concept of asking for annual leave um, in a company to be able to go home and see my mum, for example, you know, being, mm, being like, please, mm. please, may I have three weeks off to go home and see my family. And so I knew I wanted um, more freedom and more flexibility um, and that that would look like a business working for myself. And um And then I just was thinking about all the things that I was passionate about, my values, what I wanted out of my next move, things that we're going to talk about in this episode. Um, Mm -hmm. I went through the entire sort of career clarity process and I designed what that would look like. And here I am, you know, my, my business just turned one a few weeks ago and it's working. And sometimes I still pinch myself. That is so fantastic. This is why I'm really excited to speak to you today because it sounds like you've gone through all the steps that we as young adults uh, are about to go through in life. Mm. So I'm really excited to learn from you and get the advice that you have because I think as young females entering the workforce, Mm. it's a really tricky area to navigate. Like first off, you're told to find a career and find something, but you're not really told how that looks like or how Mm. you should, you know, reflect deeply in yourself to choose that career. Often it's just like, okay, well, my mum and dad did this, so maybe Mm. I'll do that. Or I know this person who's done this, so I'll go do that. Mm. It's often you're just thrown in the deep end. Or for me, I mean, I was just like, well, I don't like any of these other courses at uni and I'm more creative, so I'll just pick arts. But it wasn't because I was like, I want to become this. It was just like, well, I feel like I should go to uni and there's nothing else out there for me. So I'll just do an arts degree and hope that that's what happens. But I guess that's not always the best way to start. And then even when you come out of that other end with a degree, it's really hard to figure out where you want to go with that. So we're going to unpack all this today in Mm. the episode. But to begin with, Rosie, I want to ask, where should we begin when looking at careers and where we want to work? So, yeah, it's interesting. There's there's lots of work to be done. It depends on what stage you're in, you know, if you're at high school, if you've already um, graduated, if you've got five years under your belt. But the first place that I would kind of start when it comes to unpacking um, where you're at in your career is really doing some mindset work. And by mindset work, I really mean tapping into those stories you're telling yourself, any fears and doubts that you have, things that you tell yourself about you as a person and what you're capable of professionally and stories that you're telling yourself about the job market and the way things work. So to give you some examples, um, you know, mindset is basically, it's, it's a set of 
you know, beliefs, and it's almost like a, it's a lens through which we see the world. So if you imagine our brain is our hardware, and then as we grow up and we have experiences and we have we go through things and we observe things and we have certain characters and role models in our life and all of these kinds of experiences happen to us, and it, it's like it downloads software into our brains and these are kind of beliefs and stories, right, about about the world. And so depending on how careers were spoken about in your family, depending on, you know, what you observe to be true around you, what the people around you were studying, um, what were the expectations placed on you from, from your community, from your society, from your culture, all of these things are going to imprint kind of beliefs and stories inside of us. And so they, they might look, when it comes to beliefs about you and what's possible for you, it might be, you know, maybe when you were seven years old, you failed a math test. And ever since you've been telling yourself the story, like, I suck with numbers, I'm not good at math, I can never do anything analytical, like, and, and you just shy away from that completely. Like, everyone's got stories they tell themselves, like, I'm a slow learner, I'm not good at presenting, I'm, yeah, all of these kinds of things. And it usually comes from, yeah, just things that people have experienced or things that have happened to them one time or something that someone else has told them, like an external source, and it may not actually be true. Um, and it's the same when it comes to thinking about the way the world of work uh, works as well. So a lot of people say to me, oh, if I do it, if I have a career with meaning and purpose, it means I won't get paid well. You know, the, starv the starving artist fallacy. Or um, you, have to, you have to work really, really hard until the point of burnout. You have to sacrifice your family if you want to reach, you know, the top of a corporate career. So there's all these sorts of um, beliefs that we hold. So I think it's always good to sort of check in with yourself first and foremost and understand where are you at with your mindset? What do you believe about what's possible for you, about what kind of work you you are capable of doing, how much you are capable of earning, um, and your beliefs and stories that you're telling yourself about the world of careers in general. I think that's really good deep work to do. Um, a little bit of context here. So our brain is completely hardwired to keep us safe. So our brain um, hasn't evolved that much from, um, you know, the times that we were cave cave people, essentially, um, and that it's it's got a really strong negativity bias and threat bias. So yes, rewards are great. It feels really good to, you know, smell that beautiful flower or taste that honey or whatever it is that's rewarding. But if there is a lion charging towards you, you need to be able to snap out of that and focus in on the negative, on the risk, on the fear, on something that could cause you pain or danger. And so I'm sure you can all relate to the, like, that feeling when someone gives you feedback, right? And they might say three, four really lovely things about you, but it just takes one negative comment or one criticism and zoom, you focus right mm. in and that's all you can hear. That's because our, our brain is just hardwired to look for threat and look for danger. Um, and so, you know, what, how this shows up in your career is as much as you might be setting the intention, like, oh, I want to change careers, for example. I want to do something different. I feel like I'm not living up to my potential. As bad as you might want that, what you'll often find is that you'll procrastinate on that. You won't take action on that. Some, it's like something is keeping you stuck. And it's because... 99% of our thoughts are happening in our subconscious and not actually conscious. And this cheeky brain of ours is always scanning for threats, is always trying to figure out what might cause us pain and danger. And it's trying to sabotage us and take and talk us out of 
doing these kinds of things. So, for example, um, just say you you have a dream. You've got a secret dream, which is to go, to go and study over in France and get your master's degree in France. That's 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 actually what you you actually want to do. Um, but you find that you're not really taking action on it. You're not. You're kind of you know procrastinating on the application process. You don't know what's going on because you really want it, but you're not actually taking aligned action. And what's usually happening is that your brain um, is trying to keep you safe in the comfort zone because when you're in the comfort zone, at least you're alive, right? Um, And even though you want something more and you want something better and you want to expand your potential and you want to grow and you want to get out of that comfort zone at a conscious level, subconsciously, the brain's like, "Mm, not sure. We don't know what it looks like there. That's a bit ambiguous. It's outside of the comfort zone. Um, You know, I'd like to keep you safe. So that's when it starts telling you things in your mind, which are things like, you know, you don't know the language, you'll get really homesick. Um, Can you even get into these kinds of programs? Who are you to think that you could get the scholarship? You're not qualified enough. All of these thoughts will be floating around in your subconscious. So what I recommend people do is when you do have a thought or a dream, which is like, hmm, I'd like to work internationally, or I'd like to start my own business, or I'd like to change industries. What I recommend that you do is you kind of sit with that, that dream, that intention with a journal and you start noticing all of the fears and doubts that start coming up into your conscious. So all of the thoughts that I just mentioned, like, oh, you probably need to go back to study again to change industries. You probably need to do this. Like I wouldn't be as qualified as other candidates who had done X, Y, Z. All of these things will start to emerge. Um, And when that happens, I recommend that people catch those thoughts. So you catch them, you challenge them, and then you change them. So you catch them, they come up, see what comes up for you. They could be positive, like, you know, anything that you put your mind to, you always end up achieving. That might be a positive thought. Um, But you might also have some of these more limiting beliefs and thoughts going on as well. So you catch those. Um, So you ask yourself, which of these are serving me? And if you find that they're not serving you, that's the ones that we want to focus on. And then we're going to challenge them. And I want you to challenge them and really look at them and say, you know, is this fact or is this fear? Is this an assumption? Do I actually know this to be true? Would this stand up in a court of law? Like if the burden of proof was on my shoulders and there was an objective neutral jury around me, would I be able to prove that beyond reasonable doubt, this is the truth? And most of the time it's no. It's usually something you've told yourself. And that's when you go to change it. So, for example, you know, you might actually say to yourself, um, okay, so I want to move to um, France to get my master's degree, but I don't speak the language. You know, is that really true? Like, well, yes, it is true, but, you know, I'm capable of learning the language. There are English-speaking master's programs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's really starting to challenge the way that you view the world. So I know that this is a really long-winded answer, but this is really, really important because I'm a big believer that you have to up-level your mindset and up-level your confidence and self-belief before you can up-level your career because otherwise you'll always be looking um, for new opportunities from where you currently are. Mm. No, it actually makes so much sense the way that you've phrased that. And interestingly enough, I remember reading something about how women do tend to 
not reach for their full potential when applying for jobs. It was something yeah. like men will go above and beyond. And even if that job that they're applying for might be out of their um, pay bracket that they would consider or that they don't meet all the uh, all the requirements Mm. men are more likely to still put in an application for that than women because women are more likely to look down all the you know requirements and find one and be like oh but I can't do that yeah Mm. I just won't reply to it Mm. um so I think it's something that we do need to be aware of and I think it does come down to a lot of it self-awareness if we're self-aware of the feelings and emotions we're going through then we can Mm. make sure that we're making better actions around those yeah the the um you know your subconscious doesn't actually have a bullshit filter so it will believe (laughs) anything you tell it so if you're telling it Mm. you're not good enough you're not qualified enough you're not confident enough and all that that kind of thing it's going to eat that up and if you're actually you know telling yourself that you know, yeah, you can get anything that you put your mind to, that it's, it is possible to network your way into a new industry, it is possible to brand yourself and, and, and highlight your transferable skills. If you're feeding it that stuff, it does actually take aligned action. And it's really not, um, I'm really speaking from a place of neuroscience here. Um, it's not mm-hmm. just, oh, the power of positive thinking, it's countless studies pointing towards that being true. So it's really important what we're telling ourselves as well. Mm, mm, definitely so are there some tools out there that can assist us in finding our right career Rosie yeah so um, a framework that I absolutely love is the ikigai framework so ikigai is a Japanese word and it means loosely translated reason for being and reason for being um, or sense of purpose or your why or your calling whatever you want to call it It's about finding that expression of who you are as a person and the contribution and the impact that you want to make on the world. And the Ikigai framework is um, deceptively simple and it takes you through, you know, what are you good at? So what are your natural strengths? We've got to remember there's nature versus nurture, right? Some like we are born with Um, very natural strengths and gifts and talents and things that come easily to us right so tapping Mm -hmm. into those Mm -hmm. Um, we've also got what you love so your passions your energizers the things that absolutely light light you up we've got your values so figuring out what matters to you um, both in terms of the way that you want to do your work and the kind of things that you want to work on and we've also got what the world needs so um, there's you know, countless studies that show that humans are happiest when they feel like they're useful, when they feel like they are helping others, when they feel like they're at the service of something. So when it, when it comes to what the world needs, it's like what problems out there need solving. And it doesn't have to be, you know, social justice, humanitarian, climate change. Like it doesn't, it's not just that. It can be, I mean, I'm going to, it can be like, you know, helping elderly people live calmer lives. It could be um, introducing more greenery and urban agriculture into cities. It can be, um, you know, being a really kick-ass process improvement person, project manager that allows people to save time at work so they can spend more time at home with their families. It can be so Mm. many different things. Um, The point is, you know, the world has problems that need solving where do you fit into all of that? So it's a framework that really works you through, uh, walks you through all of those aspects. And I actually have um, a free five-week course 
which um, I'm very, very happy to share with your listeners and they can go through and discover what their ikigai is as well. Fantastic. I'm going to put all the links to that in the show notes below. So if you do want to jump on that, go check out the show notes. Yeah, so that's that's a great tool for finding your purpose. And then when it comes to actually discovering um, what's out there, I mean, I think LinkedIn is so underrated. I know it comes across as a bit of a boomer platform, um, but it's actually <laughs> it's actually gold. And you've got to realize like this this is the world's professional directory. So mm. professionals, like basically everyone who's working in a professional realm, is on LinkedIn. There are over six hundred and fifty million users. And so once you've figured out your things, what you'll have are, let's say, your keywords, right? So if you, if you find that you just keep gravitating to things around female empowerment or youth or education and advocacy and campaigning, for example, you, you find these concepts coming up over and over, you know, chuck them in the LinkedIn search bar and look for people, look for real people doing jobs you know, with these keywords and see what's coming up for you. And you'll, I'm sure you'll discover loads and loads of um, new job titles and stuff that you didn't even realize existed as well as companies. So the thing is what people tend to do wrong in the job search is that, you know, they jump straight onto job boards and they start looking for job openings. And what I'm talking about here is find the people, find the people mm. who are doing the work Um because that's going to open your mind to what you should even be searching for on the job boards. Mm, definitely. I can really relate to that because, I mean, my title is uh, marketing and I've worked in marketing for four years now. And, you know, whenever you go to have a search, I ne- I never look at the LinkedIn searches, but I think marketing is such a broad industry and there are mm-hmm. so many smaller facets that, you know, Uh, within the marketing industry and so instead of just going straight away onto seek and typing in marketing positions I could see the benefit in actually going on LinkedIn and seeing what other people are doing in the realm of marketing what are the kind of niche niche jobs that are out there and that are available that are kind of more leaning towards my value set and what I'm more my yeah my purpose that I'm trying to drive myself towards. Mm, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And that's when you start to see with the guy, you start to see, you know, where all of those four areas overlap. So maybe you're really into female empowerment and you're really great at marketing. So how can you merge those two worlds? And there will be jobs out there where people are doing that every day for their job, you know? So mm. it's about finding the ways in which those, that overlap kind of comes together. And that's why, you know, when you do your guy. Um, I really, um, I really encourage noting down the sort of key words or purpose clues that tend to emerge from each area so that you can put them together and try different combinations when you're searching on LinkedIn and you'll find some really Mm. interesting jobs. That's really cool. I like that. Moving forward, we've got some listener questions for you today, Rosie. Yeah. So the first one is for from Rachel and Rachel's having problems figuring out what she's good at. So she's finding it really hard to seek out the right career for her because she's struggling to find what her good areas are and her Mm. maybe not so good areas are and how to shift that all into a career. 
Yeah, this is classic, isn't it? Because we're so it's so easy to see what other people do well, but when it comes to us, we completely freeze and we just can't figure out what makes us different or, you know, especially in Australia and New Zealand, we've got tall poppy syndrome, so mm-hmm. we're, we're you know, um, it's a cultural value to stay as humble as possible and to be very self-deprecating. So we're not used to thinking about, you know, what am I good at? So what I recommend for Rachel is to start out with a skills audit. Um, so really note down the different sort of experiences she's had over a lifetime. So let's say from her studies, from work, from the school of life, as I like to call it, um, what she does for fun, some of the key things that she's really achieved, like her key achievements, what would you say that she's most p- proud of generally, and really analyze those and draw out the skills that she learned Um, through that experience so for example if she's done a project management certification like what has she learned she's learned about um, maybe project management software she's maybe learned about stakeholder influence um, about organization and planning etc etc so analyzing the experiences she's had um, and that you know internships count part-time jobs count babysitting counts like everything counts really go through and try and like draw out okay but behind that to be able to do that work or to be able to do that thing um what what's emerging yeah and when I when I say this like life experiences I mean in the school of life I mean maybe you grew up broke so you're really resourceful and you're great at budgeting and maybe you know it's not just I want to hear about everything right from excel to like your ability to do break dancing like I don't care what it is but they'll be like you know there are there are skills like everything you can do there are skills behind that and once you do that audit you'll see things start to emerge what I also recommend that people do is go through and highlight like these are all the things you can do then go through with a highlighter and highlight what you actually enjoy doing as well, because these are the skills that you'd like to use and pursue. Just like we can do loads of things. It doesn't mean we want to build a career around them. Another thing that um, that really helps is a tool that I like to call the weaknesses converter. So we're really good at identifying what we're not good at. We're really good at identifying our weaknesses. Um, and for every weakness, there's usually an associated strength. Now, it doesn't have to be a direct opposite, but for example, if your weakness is your attention to detail, like you often miss things and you're not the best at attention to detail, um, try and think about a strength that you have that probably makes up for it. A lot of people who aren't great with detail are actually very good big picture thinkers and they're very good at connecting the dots and yeah, seeing that overall helicopter view. Um, Likewise, if you know, you say your weakness is creativity, you're not the most creative ideator in the room. Well, what's a strength that might make up for that? Well, it's probably because you're a very logical and rational person and you're always incredibly pragmatic, you know? So there's going to be um, an opposite and that's how humans work, right? We're all paradoxes. And I think um, that's something important to, to realize as well is that it's not about being good at everything. It's about having those kinds of kind of five key strengths that you can really brand yourself on um, and really own so we all have weaknesses we all have all have strengths just hone in on what your strengths are and make those shine that's great advice the second question is from Izzy Izzy wants to know is it okay to travel and have odd jobs until you're 30 or will that leave you behind Mm, that's an interesting question so 
I guess for me, is it, I mean, is it okay to do that? I mean, yeah, it's your life. <laughs> do whatever, you know, do, do what makes you happy. Um, I guess for me, I would be, I'd challenge the binary nature of the question. You know, is it okay to travel and do odd jobs until you're 30? Um, can those odd jobs have a red thread? Can those odd jobs make sense? Uh, can you apply the same skill set or the same kind of strengths to all of those roles? So, for example, maybe they're always around the customer experience, for example, and you get really damn good at designing customer experiences, and that's something that you can apply um, to a more permanent position, for example. Uh, another, another great option for you if you're planning on traveling and working until you are 30, if we're talking about potentially like, you know, five, 10 years, could you start your own thing? Could you start your own online business that allows you to be completely location independent? You know, how about that as an option? And then you're not relying necessarily on finding those odd jobs in different countries and you can build up quite a consistent, um, you know, brand and business and income as well. So that's also another option. How can you pick the right career when you aren't aware of all the options available? Yeah, so kind of touching on what we what we spoke about earlier. So um, collect your keywords, do a lot of work on who you are as a person, your personality, your values, your strengths, what you care about, what energizes you, what media you tend to consume, you know, what do people come to you for advice on? When do you find yourself in flow? What kind of activities are you doing? All of these things are useful. Once you've got that self-awareness and you've got your keywords, I want you to go to LinkedIn and I want you to... Um, like filter it by people in your target city or country and really find these people who are doing work involving your keyword combinations and it's like literally like going on a treasure hunt so that's a really good place to start likewise using these kind of keywords um finding conferences and events as well um and areas that you're really passionate about so if you, if you see, for example, there's a big, you know, digital HR conference, that's, that would be something that I'd be quite interested in. Uh, look who's sponsoring the event, who's speaking at the event, what are they doing, where do they work? All of these kinds of things are really interesting. And I think one of the best things you can, you can do is reach out to these people and talk to them and ask them about their day-to-day realities, what the culture is like in their company, all of that good stuff, talking to people and having um, what are called informational interviews. So just 15 to 30 minutes of people's time and really understanding what their world looks like and what what their job involves is just absolutely priceless. And while you're having that conversation and you're asking them a few strategic questions about things that are important to you, like, for example, do you get to use... um, your creativity on a day-to-day basis in this role just listening to what they're saying and getting a really good read for the reality of that job is very very eye-opening and then of course you know the other thing that you can do to kind of test out whether that um you know what options are out there and and what might what might be out there for you is look at um you know look look at Amazon for books, look at online course platforms, see what online courses that you're gravitated towards that you want to consume and learn about. And and then again, that's more interesting information. What careers exist around these topics kind of thing. 
Um, and I'm, a, I'm just a big fan in general of getting yourself out there. And, you know, we can only get so much clarity about what, what we want to do in our own heads. You know, we could overthink it till the cows come home, but, you know, get out, you know, do an online course, volunteer somewhere, do some job shadowing where you're actually shadowing someone on the job, have these informational interviews, um, do a few freelance gigs for free, you know, just to test it out and see if you actually like doing brand consulting for a small business, like all of that kind of stuff. Just, yeah, putting the rubber to the road, really, and, and testing it out with these career experiments, that's going to give you an insane amount of clarity. Mm. So we've spoken a little bit about finding the right career, mm. but I'm aware that finding the right career and the right job are two massively separate areas to do a lot of work on. So switching onto the job side of things, how important is it to find a job that suits you? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I mean, once you've got your sort of your career in mind and you know, your career should be based around your natural strengths and your purpose and all of those good things. So it should very much be an expression of you. When it comes to actually finding the job, you're going to want to marry that with a couple of practical elements. So you're going to need to know um, your salary, like the deal breaker salary. You're going to want to understand what kind of management style you might enjoy. So you, do you enjoy structure and do you enjoy quite regular check-ins and support or do you need to be left alone completely? Uh, what would you ideally like that team to look like? How do you want it to feel in the environment? Like if you could step into an environment where you didn't feel like you were wearing a mask, right, where you could be absolutely yourself completely authentic what would that look like what would that feel like what would the kind of people be like around you it's really about um yeah understanding what kind of learning and development opportunities you'd like I mean it's I'm not talking about just like finding this unicorn job that doesn't exist but it's really important to list out all the things that would be ideal for you and then prioritize those so for example if they came in with quite a low salary but quite a high amount of annual leave and flex work, you know, if you had to choose one, which one would it be? And yeah, and I wouldn't say, you know, I'm not saying that you can't you can't have several things, but you can't necessarily have it all and not all at once, right? And there'll be different things that are important to you in different phases of life. So I would definitely go through and make sure that your priorities are crystal clear. So you don't get distracted by shiny object syndrome. Now, shiny object syndrome is like, oh, they have free cookies on Fridays, right? (laughs) And it's like, yeah, that's awesome. But will that make you happy every day? Mm. Um, So I would say, though, in terms of your top priorities, whether, you know, your your career, turning that into a job, um, yes, you've got to get practical. Yes, you've got to know that it's um, building the skills and building your experience in in a way that's going to give you more ammo to be able to pursue your career. But at the end of the day, are you using your strengths, your natural gifts and your natural strengths that are coming to you um, most of the time, say 80% of the time? Is it values aligned? Um, and does the culture feel like a natural fit for you? These are really, really important things to consider. And are they like, I guess they're all valid questions to ask in the interview process as well, because I know myself personally going through uh, looking for marketing work, it's quite 
marketing can be put into every single industry and I guess it can be quite tough to then figure out, okay, so there's lots of marketing jobs out there, but where do I want to work? Do I want to work in, you know, for in the construction industry? Do I want to work for marketing in health? Do I want to work in marketing in the government or in agency, like public, private, corporate? Like <laughs> there's so many different areas to this. So do are you talking about, when you're talking about aligning your values with companies, is that really like looking at, okay, what does the public sector look like? What does the corporate sector look like? What does agency work look like? And breaking down to whether to see if the kind of person you are fits in with those kind of things? Yeah. So for example, if one of your number one values is harmony and you love, um, you're a bit of a diplomat and you like to think, you know, make sure that everyone's getting along and facilitating a nice team environment, you're probably not going to feel good in a highly competitive cutthroat environment. Like, yeah. So it's about, I mean, honestly, I keep going back to it, but having informational interviews is a game changer. And it's not about sleazy networking. I'm not saying here, like, never ever like you know reach out and be like hi can I pick your brain because it's overwhelming or like hi can I send you my CV I'm not saying to do that at all it's literally from a place of pure and genuine curiosity chatting with people understanding what it feels like to work in their in their world and listen to your gut and your intuition as well because you know feel if you're like expanding and excited and your shoulders are back and your eyes are bright like feel how it feels to be conversing with this person and listening to what they're telling you or does it feel a bit contracted you know does it feel a little bit like oh not sure Hmm, not sure if that's for me so listening to your gut as well I think just having these informational interviews I would recommend that's something that people are doing you know on a monthly basis throughout their entire career because you are building connections and relationships and you never know when you are going to, you know, see your phone ring one day and it's someone you connected with nine months earlier saying, hey, I remember you from our call. I know you were looking for work in this kind of area. Are you available? Um, so yes, it can come full circle, but it's not even about that at this point. It's literally just about understanding what's out there um, and what feels right for you. But you, of course, you have to know, this first step is clarity. You have to know what your values are before you can have these conversations and see if they align to those. Mm. How do you, you're talking about reaching out to people. How do you phrase that first message? You know, you've said not to like message and say, can I pick your brains? But mm. what would you recommend as a, a great way to show curiosity and, and not scare them off? Yeah, absolutely. So my golden rule is that if you want someone to give you 15 minutes of their time, you should do 15 minutes of research. So research their their profile, see if there's anything about their career story that stands out to you. Maybe they did the same school or university as you. Maybe they made a change from, let's say, marketing to HR and you're interested in doing the same thing. So that really stood out to you. Um, See their recent activity on LinkedIn. Have they shared something recently? Google their name if they're a bit more senior. So have they been interviewed anywhere? Are there any articles that they've written or been featured in? Have they been on any podcasts, et cetera, et cetera? So you can do research on the person and try and find a point of connection or a point of inspiration for you or a a genuine Mm -hmm. interest, something that allows you to open the message and say, hey, I've read your article um, featured in this magazine and I really resonated with what you said about XYZ or hey I saw your latest post on LinkedIn about XYZ or um, Mm. I was really impressed that um, you you started out in company X's graduate program and now you're 
the senior director, whatever it is, but there'll be something about them that stands out to you. There'll be a reason that you want to connect with them. So tell them that. And then instead of saying something overwhelming, like, can I pick your brain or um, can we chat? Really saying, you know, making it as easy as possible, saying, um, I'm, I'm currently figuring out what I'd like to do in the next step of my own career right now. And I, I have a hunch that it might be um, something similar to what you're doing, or I have a hunch that it might be something in the marketing domain or, you know, in the agency world or something like that. Um, I would I'd really appreciate having a call with you even just for 15 minutes. I know you're a busy person specifically to chat about two questions and name what they are in advance. So number one, what does the day-to-day reality look like in your role? And number two, um, you know, what does it take to become a job title or, or in your, if you could give some advice to someone who was in my, in my position and wanted to become X, what would that be? Or whatever your question is, how does it feel to, to work in company X, et cetera, et cetera. So you, you nail down like just two questions for them and then you say something along the lines of like, please, you know, if this like if, if that's cool with you, um, send me through your availabilities and I will get the calendar invitation sent out straight away. So again, like making it as simple as possible. Just tell me when you're available and I will sort the log- logistics of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think it, it depends as well because if they're sort of, um, let's say, quite active on LinkedIn and a bit of a thought leader and an influencer and they're posting regularly, I always recommend that you kind of um, engage with their content first and maybe leave some insightful comments on their stuff or or share their work and, and add your own insights to that and really engage with their content. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it's, it's much easier as well because I recognize your name when you slide into their inbox as well. From. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Good advice. Can you recommend a motto or quote when it comes to career hunting that you live by? Yes, sure. So I've, um, I have a quote that I really love and it's attributed to Picasso, but I don't know if he actually said this or it was just like a random claim that he said this, but, um, (laughs) the quote is the meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose of life is to give it away. Mm. So, um, that really resonates with me. For me, it's around finding what you do differently, finding what makes you you, finding what makes you weird, all of that good stuff, and to mm. to show up authentically and give that to the world. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Lastly, can you tell me a little bit about your business, Badass Careers, and how we can follow you? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm most active on Instagram, so you can come and find me just at Badass Careers on Instagram, or um, I have a lot of training videos, like some of them are, you know, 10, 20 minutes long, like really in-depth videos on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash badasscareers. And I'm also over on LinkedIn. So um, if you just type in Badass Careers, you'll find me. Otherwise, the URL is linkedin.com slash in slash Rosie Career Coach. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on and joining us today and chatting about finding our right careers. Uh, It was very insightful and I feel like I've got so much that I can go forward and work on. So I really appreciate it. Thank you, Rosie. Yeah, of course. And yeah, don't forget to check out the link in the episode notes to do the free course as well. I'm sure it'll be really enlightening. And I hope that everyone uh, sends me a DM when they find their why or their career purpose through doing the Ikigai course as well. Wonderful. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much.
so much for listening to this week's episode of The Wow. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rosie and found it motivating to go find the right career for you that is going to give you fulfillment and purpose. I release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe and tune in next week. There's also a number of other topics that we've already covered, including periods, sex, how to figure out your financial worth and salary. So scroll back through and have a look at the other episodes that are available if you haven't listened to them already. Otherwise, feel free to come follow us on Instagram as well at the wow podcast underscore. Lastly, just a friendly reminder, ladies, that the information shared in this podcast is general advice only and does not take into account your personal situation or needs. Where appropriate, please consult a qualified professional first. Thanks, ladies. Have a wonderful week.